This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning and welcome to Open for Business, the show that deep dives into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. The World Health Organization estimated that over 1 billion individuals worldwide struggle with mental health conditions, with a quarter billion of them residing in Southeast Asia. Mental disorders have been consistently ranked among the top 10 contributors to the global disease burden, showing no indication of decreasing since 1990. A key concern that has been noticed by policymakers, governments, and also the startup ecosystem. Founded in 2019, Intellect is a digital mental health care company based in Singapore, aiming to make mental health care and well-being support accessible for everyone, and now serves over 3 million members on its platform across Malaysia, Singapore, India, and Hong Kong. They are backed by some famed investors, including Tiger Global, Insignia Ventures, and Y Combinator, among others, and last year signed a strategic partnership with IHH Healthcare, one of Asia's largest private healthcare groups. Today on Open for Business, we speak with Theodoric Chu, the CEO and co-founder of Intellect, to learn more about how they built Intellect, the business promise and potential of this venture, and what the path ahead looks like for this digital mental healthcare company. Theo, welcome to the show. Hey, Roshan, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here in the new year. Yes, uh, Happy New Year. It is 2024 and it's sometimes still hard to believe that 2023 is uh, done and dusted. But I'm sure in a few weeks' time, uh, we will finally get used to that new number that we have to write whenever we put in the date. Um, Theo, uh, the digital mental healthcare space has been something that has been growing significantly over the last few years. You are by no means the only company in this space. We've also interviewed Joan Love from Thoughtful last year. Obviously, there are a few other players in this space as well. But everyone has their own story as to why they've entered the space. Talk to us a little bit about why you entered the mental health care space and built Intellect. Thanks a lot for the question. And I'll give a quick overview of, as to my background myself as well, just to give some context for this story. So, yeah, firstly, I'm Theodoric, you know, the co-founder and CEO of Intellect. And uh, our vision and goal of Intellect is a simple but ambitious one. We want to rebuild the mental health care ecosystem across Asia, right? Something that's uh, not really been pushed for into as much as other aspects of healthcare over the last few decades. And with COVID, we've seen that becoming front and center. And, and uh, we'll, we'll speak a bit more about that later as well. But very, very briefly about myself. So I've been in tech for um, quite a while. And actually, you know, prior to this, as we spoke briefly about before, I actually had started a prior company about coming to a decade ago, which was in the digital media space, right? So back then, frankly speaking, I didn't know what uh, much of any startups were. At, at the point in time, it was bootstrap. <laughs> it was a lot of scrapping together, whatever resources I could. But uh, it was a great journey for me to actually learn the ropes, essentially. We grew that, you know, over two years and we got really lucky. We got a small exit that got me really excited about the potential about tech uh, and startups out there. And since then, professionally, I've been in different capacities. I predominantly led different growth and marketing teams at different growth stage startups across the region. I spent some time at a venture builder uh, from the UK as well before eventually starting Intellect. And that's more on the professional side, but just a very quick download why mental health, why is this a space that I chose to go into back in 2019 alongside many other more supposedly exciting spaces to be in. So mental is a personal journey. I actually have had my own mental struggles since young, starting when I was in secondary school. I actually started seeing a therapist when I was 16 when I had my first panic attack. I had already struggled with anxiety for quite some time. 
And, you know, just to keep it brief on this part, but I remember very clearly how cathartic the experience was. My takeaway was if people knew how helpful therapy was, everyone would be doing it. All right. So, so fast forward over 10 years later, that's what we're doing. Yeah, and we're going to dive into many of those uh, elements that you brought out there. And one key area, obviously, is that this is not your first rodeo. You had your first exit, as you mentioned. I think you were 20 years old at that point. It was a content platform called Exist Great. And then you've been with many growth and marketing teams with other players since then. So you've been in the startup ecosystem one way or another since you were 20 years old, or more or less. So you've been baked into it. And so you this is not the first product you've built. You know, given that all this experience you've had, how was the problem identified? And yeah. then how did you de- test demand for this market? Because again, not your first rodeo. Yeah. So how do we, you know, I guess the, the space firstly, why mental health, we briefly broached on that. But there's so many angles to anything that you want to get into, any space, healthcare or otherwise, right? How do we choose the, the approach we had? And as you briefly mentioned earlier, which are, we, we're not the only players here, and we definitely weren't the first players in the space. But I think what Entlang has done very well over the last few years is it's rapidly built uh, the most trusted and credible mental health care company in the region. And we'll cover more of that later. But how when we started Entlang, the general idea was clear. Right? Many people struggle with different levels of mental health distress issues, some big, some small, uh, some everyday, some quite chronic and clinical. Right. Uh, but the reality that, you know, it's hard to dispute are a couple of key things. First of it being that stigma is very, very strong. Even today itself, we've made very strong strides, but uh, the stigma is still there mm. for some populations. So that deters many from seeking care or even acknowledging that they, they may need help and support. That's number one. Second thing is that the mental health care infrastructure hadn't changed for quite a long while. I know it's the same in Malaysia, but in Singapore, there is the Institute of Mental Health, right, which is the the main uh, public health care ecosystem. And if you mention mental health, that's typically the first thing that comes to mind for most Singaporeans and, you know, people that, that have lived here. Uh, and it typically has a skew towards a bit more of the mentally ill versus the, the mentally well, for example, right? So that also constitutes a different segment of things to tackle. But the infrastructure, just to bring it back there, has been mostly public health care. Uh, you've got your local clinics as well, but that hasn't really seen the innovation change that we've seen in primary care. Uh, other forms of specialized care as well. And basically, so, you know, going to this, just these two key things, stigma and infrastructure, um, and very clear need, right? That's actually the third area. It got us thinking, how can we actually change this setup at that point, at least, you know, back in 2019 when we were building this company then. So that's what we did. So going a bit deeper, how do we get started and all of that? The, the reality is that, at least in my point of view, many, many people start with the solution and the idea. And sometimes that's a bit of a tricky thing for, you know, aspiring founders and have been founders out there because we realize an idea is one bit of it, but you need folks that actually want that, right? So we went quite uh, intentionally from a reverse engineering point of view. We, we spent a lot of time understanding what the problems were, right? What were the challenges? What were the issues? And, you know, spent months literally speaking with myself, speaking with anyone from professors, HR leaders, consumers, clinicians, just to get a better sense of what the issues were before we actually put the trigger in. Uh, what we're building today. So I can go on, but uh, I'll pause there if you have any uh, specifics. <laughs> uh, specifically, uh, Theo, I'd be really curious to hear after your, basically your stakeholder engagement with all the different parties at play, what was the common denominator yeah. uh, that it came down to? Definitely. So this is one that I can, you know, recount quite clearly because uh, we spent a lot of time on this. Alongside the in-person interviews, we actually ran, myself being a marketer and by background, uh, we ran your landing pages, your lead gen, your research all online. And we, we get it actually 
a couple hundred, even a thousand respondents across just Singapore itself, uh, where we want to get a very local perspective. It boiled down into a very simple but important problem statement, which is that people are struggling, but they don't know where to start. Right. So that, that's, that's a simple, distilled statement. So our job was how do we get people started easier? Right. So going a bit more to intellect's journey, our vision, and I'll bring this back again, it's always been since day one to now to be a mental health care ecosystem. Right. So, you know, you mentioned some place in the space and, you know, props to all that. I actually know probably most of the good folks that are building stuff here as well. While, you know, in business, we are competitors. I think what we're all trying to do is to actually improve the healthcare system in this regard. So it's a great thing. But folks are tackling in different ways, right? Some of them started off as mindfulness apps and platforms. Some of them started off as more B2C marketplaces. Uh, for us, it's we want to build an ecosystem that could serve any person who needed the access, but in phases. So we went from, you know, self-guided programs, we brought on coaches, psychologists, uh, you know, helpline respondents, and now we've built the largest mental health care network across anywhere in Asia, in any language that you may want or need. And yeah, that's the high level. Theo, we've got a lot more to get into, but we've got to go into a few messages. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about how you took this idea, turned it into an MVP and ultimately to where it is today. Folks, I've been speaking with Theodoric Chu, the CEO and co-founder of Intellect, a Singapore-based digital mental health care company. I'm Roshan Kainasin. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Backing feminist movements. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and this morning I'm speaking with Theodoric Chu, the CEO and co-founder of Intellect, a Singapore-based digital mental health care company. Earlier we talked a little bit about what was the rationale for Theo to build uh, Intellect and enter the mental health care space and a little bit of his own background. This is not his first rodeo. He had his first exit at 20 years old and also how they tested the market and a big part of that was going out, getting lead generation and talking to stakeholders on the ground. Um, Theo, following up on that point, today Intellect is an ecosystem you've built it out to be. You've got 3 million members, but sometimes it's nice to kind of take a look at the past and see how you got here. So talk to us a little bit about how you took this from an idea, built it into an MVP, and what that MVP looked like. So, I mean, just to also give the audience listening some context, it's been quite a journey of the last four years thereabouts, you know, we, we went from myself and my co-founder, two of us putting it, today we stand about close to 200 full-timers strong and, and we serve all across Asia. About 3 million plus members as you shared and, you know, leading employers, government agencies and institutions that we serve. Um, but reverse engineering that, that had different blocks to actually get there. We, we didn't think we could get here all in one chunk. So the way we went about it is to actually trench it. Right, and we actually, you know, on a very high level, and of course, we make plans and, and things go your way and things don't go your way as well. But, but on a very high level, at least there were uh, phases of how we went about it. Right, the, the very first phase for for intellect really was on how do we reach more people, how do we actually give access and scale. If we think back, just not too far ago, intellect, while we were founded in, uh, towards the end of 2019, we launched our first beta version around Q1 of 2020, which was just when the pandemic started. And at the point of time, people were fearing and frantic about what this is. So we needed to get things into you know, people's hands fast and at scale. So we started with the most scalable medium, which is content, like what we're doing right now, uh, that 
was asynchronous. You didn't need to actually book time and speak to someone. We built quality content with our then chief clinical advisor, now our VP clinical, Dr. Oliver Sonderman, who is uh, actually one of the, the leading clinical psychologists across the region. He was one of the directors at uh, the National University of Singapore before joining us. So with him and his guidance, we actually built a digital version of CBT-based programs, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. Uh, that was a structured module of actually changing behaviors, feelings, and thoughts effectively. Um, now, fast forward, we've seen those subcategory kind of programs being proven in, in independent studies and journals that they have actually very high efficacy outcomes in improving mental health from there. But that was phase one, scalability. And then the second phase and what we've built since is actually uh, going more in-depth, right? So, so now we actually have access to a whole range of uh, professionals, actual professionals from coaches, clean psychs, crisis responders, psychiatrists, and, and many, many more as well. So, so that's that's a big part of how we wanted to go about it, right? Uh, go high and wide and then go much more deeper to, to go into more specific issues that people need support for. I guess starting with the content route first also allowed you to kind of really test the market further in terms of how much interest there was in here before moving on to the other phases. So the MVP essentially was the content business, which is something you're also familiar with given your past as well. Um, yeah, and, if you put it that way, yeah. it seemed seem like there's a connection, but was more, yeah, I guess, in terms of that, that principled approach. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess it, it just so happened to be, right? It's not like it was yeah. uh, an intention, but I guess, you know, sometimes we lean towards what we're familiar with mm. when we uh, approach a problem. I mean, now it's easy to see that you've reached product market fit, but at what point in your journey, and given that entrepreneurship and startup building is a very... Um, complicated, complex journey. At what point did you and the team realize, all right, guys, we've got it. We have product market fit. It's going to work. Yeah, it's a good question. And it's one that I think many aspiring founders or even not even aspiring, but early stage founders would resonate with it's that you get a, a whole ton of rejections, right? You mm-hmm. speak to customers, you speak to investors, you speak to users, people come on, people drop off and stuff like that. So mental health, at least, you know, 2019, 2020 was not a very sexy topic still, right? bit more spoken about in the West, but in Asia, definitely still something that people couldn't quite grasp. So for us, you know, we spend a lot of time speaking with folks and even though I've been in tech industry, healthcare and, and fundraising, all that was completely new to me, that there weren't any quick wins or easy routes towards how we went about it. Uh, so it's really going out there and putting ourselves out there. And I think that the reason came in when we saw something from as simple as people downloading or installing our app, referring it to people, your friends, leaving reviews that it actually helped them all the way down to more bigger milestones that while they're not the be all and all like you know getting support from key stakeholders in ecosystem like venture capital firms uh your first client big or small and people that continue working with you from there as well right so for, for us maybe give you a very specific example um i remember quite early on we started in the very early days doing pilots for some clients and the first great exciting win was when the pilot converted to become a customer. Right? I think it's something that actually it starts more and then it builds from that momentum as well. Now today, uh, as it stands, I understand that the business is largely a B2B business where you are targeting uh, corporates. And that generally seems to be how multiple players are working on this, both uh, regionally and here in Malaysia as well. Talk to us about the full extent of the product mix today and the business model behind it. Sure. So I would say while, you know, many does appear to be quite clearly going for B2B today, we were pretty much one of, if not the the first uh, few at least, that actually went with this route with a very clear vision for B2B being the core business. 
Uh, even though we do have actually a consumer brought in as a bit ties back to the mission of really giving access to who needs it. But the core suite of services is accessible for corporate employees, users, dependents, right? Um, on a high level, think of us as a corporate insurance. So we support employers across the whole employee base. Most of our clients are actually usually multinational, sludge firms, anyone from Dell to Singtel to Foodpanda and more as well, where we serve them through one unified solution across uh, the region uh, with parity of service across every single market. Um, and the extent of service ranges from self-guided content pieces, as we spoke about, right? And these are not articles, just to also caveat, it's actually engaging sessions, all the way to access to actual coaches, clinicians, counselors, crisis responders, and psychiatrists. So really giving that, that full scale of mental health care. So yeah, the way we frame it is that any level of care, need, risk, or even a proactive objective that one may have, uh, there is that service for you in your native tongue. Be it whether you're, in, you're based in Myanmar, in Japan, in Singapore, wherever, we have foot of ground across you know, all these markets, be it our, our own folks, our network of clinicians, uh, our own clinics for that matter as well. Uh, just to give us a picture here of how this actually looks like in practice, mm-hmm. Theo. So once you've engaged an employer, let's say one of your clients like Dell or, or Food Panda, what happens then, right? So is it employees need something, they go to the service, or are all employees entitled to this? How does this arrangement typically work? Yeah, so all employees are entitled to the service. So um brings back to, you know, the, the analogy I, I gave, which is think of it like corporate insurance, right? On top of your GP coverage, for the more generous, sometimes you guys get dental, chiro, all of that perks there. Uh, mental health has become a core in, in this in this suite of services, right? We see insurers actually, we work with many insurers today that actually push for this as part of their policies. And, and that's where we come in, right? So everyone gets access to it. Uh, you get access to the intellect platform, app, web, you know, based on your choice. And, and uh, you can basically access any of the services. The the way we design is that we, we guide you to the right route. You get support from, from you know, someone that can, can, can guide you. But ultimately, you choose what suits your needs. We don't expect want to use all the services out there. It's not meant for that. Uh, we want it to be relevant for when you actually need us. Theo, um, we've got a lot more to get into, but we've got to go into the 10.30am news bulletin, which is coming up after this. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about where this sits in the mental health stack, right? And whether it's complementary or a substitute to in-person care and what the business is like looking ahead, as well as the business side of the equation. Folks, I've been speaking with Theodoric Chu, the CEO and co-founder of Intellect, a Singapore-based digital mental health care company. I'm Roshan Kanesan. We're going into the 10.30am news bulletin, and then we'll be back here on Open for Business on BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Best for money. BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossBolet.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan, and this morning I'm speaking with Theodoric Chu, the CEO and co-founder of Intellect, a Singapore-based digital mental health care company. Theo, earlier before the news bulletin, uh, we got into the journey of building this product, this company, and how it started. But also, 
the focus on the B2B side, I think the, the comparison you made was that think of it as corporate insurance, kind of like how most of us in employment expect medical coverage as part of our employment packages. Just to further uh, dive into that, when we think about online or digital mental health care, it does provide us a much greater accessibility and it does make it more affordable. But is it more of a complementary service in the mental health stack versus being a substitute for in-person therapy? Uh, what are your thoughts on that and how does intellect address this? Yeah, it's a good question, right? So it's one that, that we, we've taken a different part of our journey. I can, I can give you a, you know, I guess a more rounded view today, at least with, with how and where we've come to. Um, I'll, I'll say on a, a high level, it depends on what the problem is that we are trying to solve for. There's a mental spectrum with people having different needs, people with more acute chronic clinical high-risk care needs, and then people that are more general everyday. It could be higher stress. It could be you know close to the, the rate segment of the scale. And people who are in the, the everyday green aspect that just want to be more proactive about it. Um, so it really depends on, on which part of the, uh, the spectrum we're looking at. For, for the more clinically at-risk uh, professionals, Digital tools and digital mental health care services would be a very good aid and complementary piece there. I'll, I'll add to this in a second about how we approach it in full. But when you look at just you know content pieces and the like there, we'll, we'll support it. They want to replace face-to-face -face care as a whole. When you just talk about a digital mental health solution, which intellect is more than that uh, today. When you look at more self-guided, lower-risk care, the masses, actually one of your most effective solutions, not even a complement, is actually more digital tools because you can reach way more people with solutions like ours that actually have proven efficacy behind it. You get really effective outcomes as well, right? So I'll bring it back to Intellect ourselves today. We're more than just a digital platform. We do, you know, content, virtual care, crisis support, and in-person care in our stack as well. So even the, the most acute clinical high-risk cases, we can fully take it in our ecosystem. We do it today. We run it very well with the clinical team we have, which, um, you know, it's one that we, we spend a lot of time really honing and building as well. So that's the way we, we view it. It depends on what the problem is. Digital mental health tools do aid many aspects of it. It can fully solve for some of it, uh, but we aim to cover the whole spectrum. Now, you've got uh, over 3 million members last count. Tell us a little bit more about the demographics of the user base, the behaviors you're seeing, and I guess ultimately uh, what the target market is uh, in all this? So that's a great question, right? Our approach and, you know, this this will, will evolve and grow as time passes. Uh, but but it, from day one to now, it has always been to be a from Asia for Asia solution that tackles mental health with a hyper-local approach that understands the nuances. It's not just a top-down, if you're working in a US employer company, it's a US benefit that doesn't understand my nuances here. Uh, so that's, that's always been the, the vision from the start. And that's what we've been doing as well. So that's basically a key part of what we strive to build and do basically, right? Across the millions of years we serve, the demographic will look, we, we see a range, frankly, today. It really attains to workforces. We serve anyone from white collar all the way to blue collar, gray collar, in between, right? Dependents, young and old, youth and kids as well, right? So so we, we've seen that grow and scale, but naturally for the more digital aspect of it, the millennial, the younger crowd, Gen Zs are more inclined, uh, whereas the more seasoned ones uh, like the life care. I think that's very, very relevant to them. And in terms of um, how pricing or at least your revenue side of things works, are we talking about a subscription service here or is it a usage-based charging system? 
So the analogy I brought to corporate entrance is, is will apply here as well, right? We aim to cover people for not just when they need and then they can kind of scurry to find the support, but it's always there for you across whatever needs and, and you know, um, times of your life you have there. So think of it like a like a policy for that matter. It covers everyone across the year for all, all these services that, that one signs up for. Yeah, so we're talking about, rec- it's a recurring payments uh, revenue stream for yeah. you on your end. That's right. All right. Yeah. So just give us a better sense, I guess, because you've built an ecosystem out here, no longer just digital, as you mentioned earlier as well. Give us a better sense for the revenue streams and the business model underlying this company. Sure. So think of it as, you know, we have different tiers and plans. We we do recognize that not everyone wants the whole suite, right? So we, we do have different plan types and tiers for different employers, whether you're an SMB, you're a multinational, you know, you're budget constrained or you want to give the best to your people. Uh, we have something for, for any organization, any size, any scale, right? And falls at least from a, from a commercial point of view, naturally we want to give the best service to our, to our clients, right? So our core service site, we do support them in how we engage their, their workforces, the trainings involved in there, uh, additional services that, that maybe for more specialized needs, more specialized demographic. We've built a very sound and core business around what we do basically. And where is Interlink in terms of revenue generation today? What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so what I can share, it's a, it's a great question and a, and a sensitive one. <laughs> uh, what I can share is that Interlink, you know, in the few years we've been around, we weren't the first, uh, but we are quite definitely, objectively, the, the leading company in the region for this. We serve over 3 million lives. We serve uh, most of the largest employees across the region and, and, and growing. And we're backed by the leading investors across the world and, and have raised the largest amount of venture funding. And that boils onto a very, very sound, strong business that has been in here. Uh, I mean, I attribute that to, to a couple of things, right? You know, we, we've always been quite fiscally prudent and sound since day one. And we have a, a good mix of, um, uh, I would say, investors on our bench as well, not just VC firms. We've got family offices, angel investors that have, you know, world operators and donors that have been there and done that. We have P firms that give us a sense of what's on the other side of the table as well. So, so that, that is always an advice in how we, we run a bit of business. Uh, what I can share is that uh, we have been growing extremely well year on year. Um, and and uh, uh, this year, rather, would, would be a, is something I'm really excited about for, for what's ahead as well. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I'm getting the sense I'm not going to get a, a revenue number or a gauge here. Uh, growth rate as well, not something you can share with us? Uh, I'll say we, we have grown... Uh, Many folks uh, in 2023, and this year we expect uh, similar as well. Yeah. Okay. Now, as you mentioned earlier, Theo, you've got many very prominent bankers here, and uh, you've raised quite a tidy sum of money in the last few years. July 2022, uh, you raised $10 million Series A extension round led by Tiger Global, making the total Series A investment around $20 million. And we'll dive into that after a few messages. Folks, I've been speaking with Theodoric Chu, the co-founder and CEO of Intellect, a Singapore-based digital mental health care company. I'm Roshan Kynason. You're listening to Open for Business. We'll be back here on Open for Business in just a little bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Bluff Free Medium, BFM 89.9. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. 
BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan, and this morning I'm speaking with Theodore Chu, the CEO and co-founder of Intellect, a Singapore-based digital mental health care company. Theo, we've spent the last 45 minutes getting into quite a lot in terms of where Intellect is today, the business model behind it, and I guess that overall journey and purpose. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, you've got quite a few renowned bankers here, and uh, a big one, of course, is Tiger Global. In July 2022, as I mentioned earlier, Intellect raised an additional $10 million round. Uh, this was a Series A extension round that was led by Tiger Global, making the total Series A investment around $20 million US dollars. And this was to be used for expansion plans across Asia Pacific. Your other backers include uh, groups like Y Combinator, Insignia Ventures, and more recently, IHH Healthcare, which became Intellect's first strategic investor back in March 2023. And this was for an undisclosed amount. Um, as much as you can, Theo, give us a sense for how the funding uh, raised has been utilized and how much more of a runway you have ahead. Definitely. So what we've been doing with what we've raised as any startup aspires to do is to build a, a business that is growing well and achieving you know, whatever the growth targets would be. For us, that's anything from the number of lives we serve, we support, the markets we can cover in our ecosystem, right? as we spoke about. So a lot of it goes into building our, our infrastructure across the region, uh, for online care, uh, offline care, and, and more as well. So that's what we've been, we've been busy, you know, building. And uh, in terms of runway and the like, you know, without going into specifics, we've been, as I shared a bit earlier in, in the interview, we've been very, very prudent and, and sound in terms of how we've put the business from, from day one, right? So, you know, quite glad that, and like today, we are on very, very sound fiscal ground. We've built, you know, years of stability ahead for us that we don't need to go out if we didn't want to. But we have the leaders to pull if we ever want to, to pull certain strategic goals here as well. But that's, that's the way we're driving the business growth and uh, it's something that we continue to do as well. Um, I guess what drove that prudent approach to this business? Was it past experience? Was it something you learned along the way? Because, you know, we've been in a space for the last 10 years of uh, growth at all costs. So talk to us a little bit about the mindset of this more prudent mentality and where it came from. Yeah, it's a good one. I'll say a mix of different factors, right? From the way we've seen good businesses grow, looking at the literature in the past of, of, you know, before this cycle of the bull run for the last decade, it comes from before. And of course, also leading a lot to our investors and our, our advisors on board as well, right? I think for us, we've always been keen to build a business that is sound, that is growing quickly to make it an enticing prospect for, for backers, uh, which we have, but one that makes sense fundamentally as well, right? We've seen, at least in the last 18 months, where... You know, many businesses that were once very exciting prospects have now uh, unfortunately not been as uh, equipped for, for this downturn in the market. Um, and I'll say also, you know, looking back when we raised our previous rounds as well, we, we have been, um, you know, the rounds we have raised has not been in, in the, this was, this was after the market was clearly slowing down. Mm-hmm. So clearly our backers saw uh, something in the business that is sound that made them, you know, want to partner with us to go ahead. And I'll probably just touch a bit on IHH as well, right? So it's one of the, uh, the best difference with me actually on, on this journey, IHH's uh, con- conversation started more as a, a collaboration and then there, was, there were clear synergies, right, of how we could add to the uh, stack of care, more primary, more specialized care uh, with a more preventative approach of what we do here relative to the ecosystem. It's really been one that has been has uh, re- great use for, for what we do as well. Uh, to give an example, just near the earlier of last year in 2023, uh, we actually launched a program for all mothers in uh, Glen Eagles Hospital in Singapore, where every mother actually uh, who delivers at, at that hospital gets access to intellect with our maternity program. This is an example of why we actually are increasing access to care for, for anyone who actually needs it 
with very curated programming for them. With IHH in your corner, um, what does this allow you to do, I guess? You know, what is, I mean, you've given us an illustration in terms of yeah. some of the, the abilities you can move forward with here. Uh, but having such a big healthcare group in your corner, what else is this going to allow you uh, going forward? In short, a lot of things, right? Which is what made us really excited about this partnership as well. Um, anything from their regional presence, you know, outside of Malaysia and Singapore, they are the largest hospital groups in many other markets like India, uh, you know, Turkey and many other places as well. Uh, so that, that's one aspect where we see a lot of potential in how can we increase access, right? The second thing importantly as well, it's how do we actually also integrate care. As, as we know, you know, outside of just mental health care, healthcare is also a spectrum as well. Uh, how do we actually support a patient's recovery journey in different ways is one that uh, we see a lot of potential and benefit for. Um, talk to us a little bit about what else you're looking at to drive growth going forward. You know, this uh, 2024, we've got a new year ahead of us. Um, what else is going to be key in terms of driving growth? Yeah, so maybe I give a more of a macro picture. We've seen the mental health care industry and space come a very long way in the last four years, right? In the very, very early days in 2019 and in 2020, it was increased awareness, increased stock in the media from people on the ground. We see, you know, known public figures come up with their own stories and more. Uh, in 2021, 22, we see companies start looking at mental health care for their employees. It has become a, a core norm for most employees today. Um, and then over the last 12 months and going ahead, we now see other ecosystem players actually taking a front seat and driving this change as well. Uh, you know, relating it back to just Singapore for a moment, the Ministry of Health actually announced the National Mental Health Strategy back in around October, if I'm not uh, misremembering. Uh, that actually drives mental health care at the core of uh, the healthcare approach for the country. And we see this happening in, in Malaysia, in the Philippines, uh, in, in India and more as well. So that's something really exciting. Uh, specific to us, for us, is how do we deepen our depth of care um, in, in more ways and how do we expand our reach as well? Just to give you a, an example, Malaysia is one of the markets that we are really excited and have seen massive growth in the last you know, a few years. We, we now actually have over 30 employees in Malaysia itself, and, and we have you know served many clients within the country itself, and, and we expect more to come. So uh, in Malaysia and other markets, so it's something that we are really excited about. Uh, as we come towards the close of this conversation, Theo, we got to look ahead and talk about two things in particular: um, the path to profitability, and also what the longer term exit could look like. Um, let's talk a little bit about the profitability aspect first. Uh, it's now four or five years you've been in this business, or at least four or five years since you founded Intellect. Talk to us a little bit about the pathway to profitability. Yeah. So for us, you know, because you now tied back to how we've built business since day one. Our, the core of the business, the, the unit economics and how anything from our, our margins to our looks like have all been very, very carefully managed and thought about. So we are very confident about where that is. Whereas as a tech company, we also balance the fact as to we want to also ensure we're growing, right? Uh, you know, to, to serve more people. So that's, a, I think, something that we have the position to actually balance and decide how we want to put those levers. And uh, for us, it's to increase uh, our reach and growth significantly and meaningfully whilst you uh, continue to, to have a very, very sound core business. So, so that's the first thing. Um, in terms of your second question, in terms of where, you know, exits and the like there, unfortunately, the better answer uh, <laughs> that, that is actually true, I'll give you, um, is that Intellect was built not to have a, a quick exit. I know uh, different strokes for different founders out there, right? But for us, we're really trying to build a change in the ecosystem, right? And we actually are doing so. We're working with the government, working with insurers, working with the healthcare systems now, uh, and the employers, of course, 
Uh, and and where we we see us at the start of our, a, a long journey where we are really be, uh, going to be an integral part of the healthcare system, right? And and right now it just seems like you know a digital platform or whatever to, to some, but we're really building a, a core part of the mental health care or healthcare system for the matter, and and we're going to be here for a long haul. So no no quick uh, uh, exits that we're looking at. With that in mind, uh, Theo, before we wrap up, paint us a picture of what that long term ambition uh, looks like. What do you want? Uh, intellect to look like uh, in the future? So uh, a simple idea to, to think about it ambitiously is, is people view mental health uh, on the same level of importance as physical health. You know, you, you go to the gym for, for proactive physical health maintenance, you see a therapist, right? When you're at risk, you're not afraid to, to go and see a psychologist or psychiatrist. You see the GP and doctor as though you, you, you need otherwise. So for us, it's, it's bringing, as we've seen, you know, many other aspects of, uh, of healthcare come to the forefront uh, for mental health care to be the same as well. Uh, we, we've seen it happen a lot. And uh, my, my strong you know, belief is that this is just a starting point. So I, I'm, I'm very, very bullish and optimistic of what's to come. And the role that you see intellect playing in all that, in that vision? Uh, well, the, the hopeful goal is that we uh, continue to be key drivers of, of this change, right? Not just from a private side, from a public side as well, which we are doing. Um, and, and we want to be that, you know, bringing back to our vision, the ecosystem where we are there to support you at any level of risk need or objective that you may have. So uh, we, we definitely aim to be the, uh, the, the drivers of this change. Theo, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Roshan. It's been a pleasure as well. Folks, I've been speaking with Theodoric Chu, the CEO and co-founder of Intellect, a Singapore-based digital mental health care company. I'm Roshan Kennison. You've been listening to Open for Business. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.